This is Rocky Mountain Cold Cases. I'm Rachel, and that's Adam. I'm Adam, and that's Rachel. Okay, are you ready for today's fun fact? I think so. Are you the... Don't look at my iPad. Okay, we're not ready for that. Don't look at my iPad. Okay, Okay. the fun fact today is that McDonald's once tried to make broccoli that tasted like bubblegum. Okay, the fact that they can try and make broccoli taste like bubblegum, that's concerning on its own. And I actually was like, really? I got that from BuzzFeed, by the way, who is not a sponsor. (laughs) But um, I looked that up further, and there is an article about it from 2014 um, where they did try to do that. However, it was a failure. Like, did not work. Hmm. Um, The CEO at the time, he said it wasn't all that. Because it didn't taste good. It actually threw the kids off. Like, they were just like, what is this? So, it, it, it just straight up didn't work. I could have told you that. Yeah, I... I don't even know why they even tried. Plus, then it brings up the issue of, like, you make broccoli at home, and they're just like, why does this taste different than McDonald's? But anyways, now I actually would like some McDonald's fries. I know McDonald's is not good for me, but it is good for my soul. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Back it up. I'm pretty sure I'm, I'm I'm catching all this right, but I was also messing with the microphone for a minute. But the Mac- McDonald's fries they tried to make taste like broccoli, or they tried to make broccoli taste like McDonald's fries. No, they tried to Were make. Were you even present <laughs> for any of yes. this? Yes, I was. McDonald's tried to make broccoli taste like bubble gum. That's right. I remember now. <laughs> it okay. happened like. Two minutes ago. Yeah, sorry. And it didn't work, and the kids were confused, and they were like, take it off the menu, and they did. Anyway, so what... The fries came in, because now I want fries. That's... Okay. All right. That's what I was like. Are you here now? I am full. I'm fully, fully here. Um, For the most part, I would say. You can't make something that grows from the ground... Yeah. ...turn into bubblegum. Well, apparently you can, and just doesn't work well, because I did it, but not well. I mean, that was in 2014. Like, technology now, maybe they could do it more successfully. I still don't think I'd want it, though. No, it has to grow from the ground. I don't want bubblegum tasting broccoli. What they, they had to try and season it or cook it a certain way. And Look, all you have to do is put ranch on those suckers, and then they're edible. Or cheese. That's true. Some liquid cheese. I like cheese on them. Yeah. 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 <laughs> all right. Well, should we get into it? Uh, yeah, I think so. Probably. Cool beans. Enough about the broccoli and the cheese and the, and the gum. and cheese. I honestly can't remember what state we're in this time. I think we, we're in Idaho. Idaho. I this time. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so this is called the Lewis Clark murders. Not Lewis and Clark. Lewis Clark. That's interesting because I think there's like some Lewis and Clark shells and stuff in Idaho. Well, yeah. Lewis yeah. and Clark is a big deal in Idaho. Yeah. But we're not talking about Lewis and Clark. I know. That's why it could be confusing. Yeah. So, this one um, actually involves five people. Oh. More than... Right. So, you'd think this would be a longer episode than it's going to be because it includes five people. However, <laughs> there's not, like... I have several... Look at this. I have several... One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight sources... That's why they're lost. And they're going down the wrong still road. still going to be like a regular time-length episode. They didn't follow the Yellow Brick Road. There just wasn't a lot of a lot of info about each individual person. I was a little oh. disappointed. But it was still an interesting case. So that's mm. why we're doing it. Okay. So we're going to... What year was this? 1979. It's 1979 is when the first one was. Okay. Oh. We're going to very, 
very briefly hop over into Washington, which is not part of our Rocky Mountain states. Mm. But we're just we're just hopping over because this happened really close to the border. I'll be okay with that. So we're just going to do a quick little hop over and then we're going to hop back into Idaho. Well, it's fine. Okay, cool. Cool, cool. Okay, so the first person involved in this. I think just mountain murders fascinate me. Or anything around our realm of, anyway, I could see you, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Christina White was 12 years old in 1979. On April 28th, she hopped on her bike and went to the local fair in Astonen. Astonen. Let me see. I'm so sorry, y'all. I'm just going to. Asselton? Asselton. Yeah, I don't know. That's in Washington. Somewhere in Washington. (laughs) The state. Yes. At 12.30 p.m. Some of y'all don't know that Washington, D.C. and Idaho are like completely like different parts of it. Anyway, continue. (laughs) (laughs) And this is why you missed the broccoli information. (laughs) Sidetracked all around. Right. At 2.30 p.m. She called her mother from a friend's house saying she felt overheated and sick. Her mother told her to take a break and once she felt better to ride her bike back home. There were reported sightings of Christina that same night between 7 and 10 p.m. Christina never returned home and was never seen again. That makes sense. It all adds up. Uh, I guess. I'm just kidding. We still don't know where she is. Right. The next person, we're back in Idaho now, Mm. is Kristen David. Okay, so these will all connect. These will all connect. Okay. All right. Makes sense. Kristen was a 22-year-old student at the University of Idaho in 1981. So, Christina went missing in 1979. Yeah. Kristen in 1981. On June 26, she sat out on her bike to ride from Moscow to Lewiston, which is about 30 miles. She never arrived at her destination. There were reports of a brown van approaching female cyclists that day, but the information hasn't led anywhere. Hmm. A fisherman at the Snake River found a garbage bag floating in the river on July 4th of 1981. Inside the bag were parts of Kristen's dismembered body. The next day, they found more along the river. More of these bags? Mm-hmm, with well, her body. The same girl. It was all... Mm-hmm. It's all her okay. body in these bags, all along the Snake River. Okay. <clears throat> okay. Christina Nelson and Jacqueline Miller are our next two victims. Okay. Christina was 21 years old at the time and was spending time with her stepsister, 18-year-old Jacqueline Miller. The two of them left Christina's apartment on September 12th, 1982. So we're now a year later after Kristen, who was found in the river. Right. And the bike ride was a year after the... And then Christina was in 1979. So 79, 81, now 82. Okay. 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 So the two of them left Christina's apartment on September 12th, 1982 to walk to the grocery store. Both students were at Lewis Clark State College and they worked at Lewiston Civic Theater. The route to the grocery store would have the two women walk past the theater. It is speculated that the two of them went into the theater for a visit. However, the two women were never seen alive again. Hmm. On March 19th, 1984, so two years after they disappeared, the skeletal remains of Christina and Jacqueline were found near Kendrick, Idaho, just off the highway and down a hill. The loca- this location is about 40 miles from where they disappeared. They did find pieces of cord nearby their bodies. Pieces of what? Cord. Oh, they were tied up. Or strangled. It's unknown which one. Uh, like, okay. Hmm. Okay. Oh, so they were strangled. Or tied up. They didn't say. Oh, They just okay. found their skeletal remains, so... And it didn't say if they were they because like technically, if you're tied up or strangled with the cord and it's left on you when you die, 
as you decompose, if no animals get to you, um, those cords will still be in place. And so you'll see them around like the skeletal neck or around like the wrists mm-hmm. or ankles. Um, this didn't say what that they were like on the body. They just said nearby. So I don't know. Yeah. They probably got chewed on for a minute. I mean, I would think so. Cause they were found outside. So I would think there Raccoons. was some animal activity on their bodies. Some crows. That is. Um, so rats. Yeah. Eagles. Anyway. <laughs> Our last victim is Stephen. Purcell. Purcell. Or Purcell. Purcell? I think it's Purcell. Yeah, probably. So Stephen was 35, and he also worked at the Lewiston Civic Theater. He was friends. Parasol. Parasol. Anyway. He was friends with Christina and Jacqueline and lived near them. On September 12th of 1982, the same night that those two girls went missing, Stephen had his girlfriend drop him off at the theater to do laundry and practice his clarinet. His girlfriend was the last person to ever see him. His car was still parked at a friend's house, and a paycheck was at his apartment. His clarinet was found still in the theater. What? 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 I mean, he had a paycheck at the house, mm-hmm. and his clarinet was left in the theater. Mm-hmm. And I think they mentioned the paycheck because he was never found. So you're, if you're going to skip town, you are going to get money first when you do that. Like you're going to go cash mm-hmm. your check. You're going to go to your bank account. Yeah. So that you have money to survive in your new life. Right. And so I think they're pointing out there's an uncashed paycheck at his house. So this gives a little more credence to he didn't just leave. Yeah. How how old was he? He was 35. Okay. How old were the other people? Um so the two girls that he knew, Christina and Jacqueline, um Christina was 21, Jacqueline was 18. Then the year before Christ- Kristen who was found in the river she was 22, and in 1979, the first girl, Christina, was 12. Mm, okay. So, oddly enough, there is someone that people think committed the crimes. Hmm. This person worked at the theater and claimed to have been there the night that Stephen disappeared. Okay. He says he didn't see or hear anything strange that night. He was interviewed by police, but he refuses to take a lie detector test and has since moved out of state. Quit dropping stuff while I'm talking. <laughs> it's the first time that's ever happened. Um, anyway, I'll... I'll uh, you'll, you'll find that item later? Oh, you found that item. Uh, okay, so he's... He did do some interviews, but he's not taking the lie detector test. I wouldn't take a lie detector test either, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, there it could be a false thing. It could be mm-hmm. a real thing. But it's like, they're not, they're not accurate. I don't even know why they exist. It's just a real reason to just probably... They have probable cause and like... It's supposed to help them kind of rule out people based on if that comes back as positive or negative. Mm -hmm. Um, So, okay, so this guy worked at the same theater, so he he knew these last three victims. Um, KLU TV reports that this suspect also lived in the house that 12-year-old Christina disappeared from. So remember, she stopped at a friend's house and was like, Mom, I don't feel good. Mm -hmm. This suspect lived in that house. So he's connected... To oh. four of those people. Oh wow. Mm-hmm. Okay, so she's like, she was, she was in the house that she said she didn't feel good in. Yeah. Or, he he was present. Okay, then just like throw the book at him <laughs> and and is he still alive? He's still free and well. Honest? Okay, okay. Skillet. So here's here's the problem. They're interviewing him. They don't have enough 
You have to have so much evidence to arrest somebody. Where's the vigilante zone in here? I'm just kidding. <laughs> and they do not have enough <laughs> evidence to arrest him. They have enough to like question him and be like, this is strange, buddy. Especially where he says he was there the night that Steven went missing. Yeah. Um, so they had enough to question him, but they don't have enough to like arrest him. Um, you can also, if you have enough um, evidence, you can get a court order for their DNA. Mm. Um, or you can get, I don't know the exact words for it, but basically permission from like the courts and everything to collect DNA in a different way. Like a lot of times they'll do it through your garbage. Oh yeah. They don't have enough information to, to do either of those. So, um, so they, they can't compare the DNA to the suspect as this person does not have their DNA in the system and they don't have enough evidence to collect it from them. So the DNA they do have, they can't go up to this person and be like, we need your DNA to compare it because they don't have the evidence to force that. But they also, you know, you upload the DNA into these, these DNA systems and those will pull because, you know, all the, what does that look on your face? I'm just, I'm just thinking about oh. I mean, all this. So when you upload the DNA, the police upload the DNA into their system, it pulls up anybody who matches that DNA from anywhere in the country. Like they all have it linked together. They, if they do that, that, that doesn't match anybody. So that means that the person who committed these crimes has not been found guilty of a crime severe enough to warrant his DNA be uploaded. So like, you know, like prisoners, they all have like their fingerprints. Right. You only get your DNA uploaded when you reached a certain level and they actually need DNA. It's not required on intake or any state. As far as I know, I could be wrong. It's probably expensive and that's our tax dollars. Yeah. But at the same so, time. So even though they can upload that DNA, know. it's not matching to anybody currently in the system and the person they think it is, they don't have the evidence to take his DNA. Hmm. Um, according to an article on spokesman.com, the person of interest had even said this about Steven. Quote, Hersel got involved in this by mistake. I believe he was at the wrong place at the wrong time. Unquote. For five effing times. Which is, which is what, no, Hersel is the one that, Stephen. Oh, I'm sorry. Stephen, yes. that one missing. I'm sorry, but so, I'm talking about that. Okay, okay, okay. People are taking that quote to mean that the suspect was at the theater, probably had a crime of opportunity because the two girls were going to the grocery store, but they passed by the theater. Hmm. So the theory is that they actually went in and then, the suspect is there. And so the theory is that he did something to them and Steven stumbled upon it. And now the suspect had to get rid of another person, a witness. And that's how Steven disappeared. Cause he does say, I believe he was at the wrong place at the wrong time. But Steven went missing an, a year after. No, no, he went missing that exact same night as those the two girls. The exact same night. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. The exact same night as the right. two girls. For some reason I was thinking it was a year no, at, so, on the exact day. Okay. No, that exact same night. Exact same night. Mm-hmm. Um, Christina Nelson's cousin, Gloria Boberts. I really like her last name. Boberts. Boberts. There's a Z at the end. I'm a big fan of her last name. Um, She is working with investigation. Yeah. She's working with investigation discovery on a documentary about this case in an effort to bring in more leads and raise awareness. That documentary is called Cold Valley. I was not able to locate it. I don't know if it's not done or um, if it's just in like a different avenue. I couldn't find it. It's crazy. Like, I'm just curious. Because I wanted to watch it. Yeah. So is it, and then you're doing a lot of the research on these cold cases. Like, is it interesting or is it, um, not interesting, but is it like, are there less cold cases the, cl- the further we've gone into technology? I don't think so. 
Really? They just... I don't know for sure. Okay. But I don't think so. I think DNA helps a lot. I'm just but thinking when of cameras I am, and like when recording I'm, capabilities. Well, that's the other cameras, like cameras are not, they don't provide that well of <laughs> imaging. Like that CCTV, those are choppy and blurry and you get just like a big description unless they're pretty close to the camera. Mm. Um, so I'm just thinking in like nowadays, like technology though, there'd be like a camera or something that well, like when the person, like when these people went into the theater back then, back there, then was, there wasn't one. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, nowadays, yeah, you could probably get, um, you're like, like they dis- went in at this time and then they, yeah. So you get like out. a vague description of, of them, but depending on how dark it was outside and how close they got to the camera will change a lot in what you can actually see and decipher in that imaging. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of funny because like the, the ones you see them all the time in some of these documentaries, the people that enter a Walmart, mm-hmm. they got some good imaging. You can see who's coming into that Walmart. That and Lowe's when we're leaving. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. It's yeah. like, it's yeah. like on your face. So I think right. I, I can't, I can't say, I haven't looked at the numbers or anything. So I can't say that there's less cold cases. Um, I think DNA and cameras have helped a ton in that type of stuff. I mean, the DNA is solving cold cases now, even from, from back in the eighties and longer, but I don't know that it's necessarily made those numbers drop. Mm-hmm. I can say though, that researching these, it's amazing how many people are getting away with murder. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, you know, it's a lot. And then you're going through these and you're just like, wow, there's a lot. There's a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's also a new podcast that talks about this case called snake river killer podcast. I haven't listened to that one, but I actually am interested in listening to it to see what other information they have. Um, my guess is they have more information since it's a whole podcast dedicated to it. So they're actually probably talking to investigators, whereas I'm just reading news articles mm-hmm. and not actually going to interview people. I mean, that's a lot of work. That is more work than I have time for or money for. Right. So, um, I bet they have a more information being able to actually talk to sources. Yeah. Um, there's also, Definitely. there's also an active Facebook page called Lewis Clark Valley serial killer. It is active. Um, the name of that suspect is not publicly officially released. If you dig hard enough, you will find it. The person that they suspect. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, I didn't put it on here because that person is not officially convicted. And so it felt wrong. That's so weird though. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's totally fair on the same note though. Um, like you found the name, right? So, mm-hmm. but it's just interesting to me, like that there's five people mm-hmm. that have gone missing. You are the only suspect sort yeah. of. And then it's like, so this can actually, how do um, people, how do you keep going through life? Like with everyone pointing, maybe the finger. At well, you? and he, that person did leave town. He lives somewhere else now. And this case is old now. So it is possible where his name isn't publicly out there that he is able to successfully hide that he is a suspect in a case because it's been so long. Um, and it did kind of remind me of like where a lot of people think it's him, but they just don't have the hard, um, evidence to, to say, yeah, it's him. It reminded me of the Susan Powell case here in Utah. Mm-hmm. Um, another one that we won't cover because it is extensively covered. There's actually, I'm going to plug a podcast. Um, there's, it's called cold and it's from, uh, a former reporter here in Utah who did, um, a well, well done ca- uh, podcast on that case. 
I, I followed that case when it first came out and that podcast had information I didn't even know. Mm-hmm. Um, but it reminded me of that case because in Susan Powell's case, they knew who did it, but right. they didn't have the hard evidence to like do anything about it. Yeah. So this kind of reminded me of that too. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So nobody knows for sure who killed all five of those people. But the suspect didn't jump off a bridge. The suspect did not jump off a bridge. <laughs> uh, anyway, if you guys know. Isn't that what he did? In or Susan Powell's case? Yeah, or was it? No, no, no. No. Wait, no, wait. No, not in Susan Powell's case. It was a brother. His brother, though. Uh, he jumped off a building. Really? Yes, sir. Uh, Listen to that podcast. Okay, it goes right. into it, it. Okay, it does. It's a great podcast. I'm not going to lie. It, but... It's awesome. Very well done. I could, I could not. I don't. I could. There's no way I could do her case any better than what he did. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's that's the that's the Lewis Clark murders. Wow. Um. So that's it. I think is that it. That's it. You don't have any more fun facts for us, do you? Well, that's for the beginning of the episodes. Oh, okay. I can't give you all my fun facts in one go. Then what am I going to talk about in the next episode if I give you all of them right now? I don't know. Anyway, uh, so this is Rocky Mountain Cold Cases. I thank you for listening. Uh, please like, subscribe. And rate us on Apple iTunes or podcast, Apple podcast. Um, iTunes isn't a thing anymore. I know Apple's going away with it. Sorry. Uh, so anyway, um, thank you guys for listening and being a listener. Um, please share this podcast with people that you know would be interested in listening to some of these cases. Uh, we try and keep it a little fun and liven it up some. So anyway, Thanks again, guys, and we'll catch you guys on the next one.